text for the sermon this day is taken from the gospel lesson, especially the first paragraph. Jesus says, And there will be signs and sun and moon and stars, and on the earth distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. That is the text. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. To start, I'm going to call to make use of the lyrics of a Christmas song. A pretty popular one. That was, I think it came out in the late 80s, early 90s. It was an Amy Grant one. And probably you might have heard this probably more than a thousand times on the radio. But it says, Do you remember me? I sat upon your knee. I wrote to you with childhood fantasies. While I'm, well, I'm all grown up now, but still need help somehow. I'm not a child, but my heart still can dream. So here's my lifelong wish, my grown-up Christmas list. Not for myself, but for a world in need. No more lives torn apart. That wars would never start. And time would heal all hearts. And everyone would have a friend. And right would always win. And love would never end. This is my grown-up Christmas list. Y'all, does that sound like a familiar song? I'm sorry I did not sing it like her, but... I start out with that hint, that song. Because one of the popular things that you hear, especially in the secular hymns, or the more popular, the pop um, radio Christmas songs, is a theme like this. And it's a theme that echoes what our world is like. That there is a world, that we live in a world where lives are torn apart. Where wars are going on, where there is broken hearts, where there, is, where there are people who have no friends. People who that live alone have no companionship. There's a reality that the people who are evil and wicked very often are the ones that seem to win and get their way. There's a reality that love doesn't... There are many people that we live in a loveless society. I mean, look at what happened, has happened in, the, in our news. This week, with the shooting in, in California, we have you know, 14 people killed, 14 injured, or something like that. And the thing that's kind of, it's just getting so tragic is that this is becoming commonplace. I mean, you look at, I mean, look at the people in this sanctuary who are under the age of, say, 22. And you realize that they're growing up in a world where mass shootings is normal. 
For those of you who are older than that, was, that like, was it like that for you as a kid? It might have happened here and there. Even for me. You know, I'm 33 years old and that was not commonplace in my school years. The first real significant school shooting I remembered was Columbine. And I was a sophomore in high school at that time. So I went through quite a bit of schooling before any of that happened. But the youth of our country, they are used to seeing it over and over and over. And to make things worse, the minute that that shooting happened, did you notice how, what the reaction was by our politicians and by the press? The first reaction seems to be not to grieve. It's getting to be that the reaction is, whose fault is this? Who are we going to blame? How are we going to marginalize people in this society? We get so mad about a hateful shooting, and the very first thing we do is we turn to hate. Hate for the people that did not have anything to do with the shooting. One of the things that happened in the press was, because you know, it's commonplace after the, these events happen, you'll see peop people say, we lift up our prayer, thoughts and prayers for the families of the victims. And apparently that was offensive. In fact, the press went on an all-out assault on prayer and saying, stop your wasting your prayers. There's a headline on the New York Daily News, big black cover, and it says in big bold letters, God can't fix this. And then it has a little paragraph talking about how you need to stop praying. And there's another news anchor on MSNBC saying that those you who are saying that your thoughts and prayers are with the people, you're the problem with this country. You're why these shootings happened. How many of you caught any of this on the news? Fortunately... Granted, I think the, the news changed their rhetoric really fast because they probably got a lot of bad press. The press got bad press for it. But that is what our country turned to when a shooting happened. We turned to how we could villainize one another. This is the world we live in. And so you have... And yet you also have other Christmas songs. Another one, and by the way, these songs I'm using, I love these songs, but they kind of bring tears to your eyes when you actually think about the messages. But think of that song, The Christmas Shoes. You all familiar with that one? Probably heard it on the radio many times. That story of a boy, dirty from head to toe, going to buy some Christmas shoes for his mom who may not make it through the night. I mean, think about the fact that that is a reality for children in this world. That they have nothing but their family. And imagine the anguish when the mother dies. Or another really popular one. Do they know it's Christmas? 
This one came out in the 80s. Some of you might, do any of you remember why that song was written? It was written for, because of the famine and the starvation that was going on in Africa. And so that's why they have these words. They say, there's a world outside your window. And it's a world of dread and fear where the only water flowing is the bitter sting of tears. And the Christmas bells that ring, there are the clanging chimes, chimes of doom. Well, tonight, thank God it's them instead of you. And there won't be snow in Africa this Christmas time. The greatest gift they'll get this year is life. Where nothing ever grows, no rain nor rivers flow. Do they know it's Christmas time at all? Heartbreaking words. But that's the reality of the world. Every single one of us here could think about something in our lives. Maybe it's just somebody that's sick. Somebody, maybe a relationship that's falling apart. We could think of something in this world that just shows us that we kind of just want to say, come Lord soon. I think of like this year, again, we had another funeral on Friday. And this year, it's, and I'm not saying this like, oh boy, those are tiring. It's emotionally. There's been a, a lot of the funerals that we've had. It's a lot. And I was even having the conversation with, um, with Kent Billings when we were on the way out to the cemetery. And I mentioned how we had 22 names on our All Saints Day service list. Which is remarkable because that's half of what's in attendance. It's really, really depressing. <laughs> but you look at the words of Jesus... And what he said, he promised. He said these things would happen. He said that the world was going to fall apart. He says there will be signs and sun and moon and stars and on the earth, the stress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. So he said this is going to happen. But here's the thing. Jesus, when he is saying this, he is prophesying two moments. Two moments in history. This happened. What he is prophesying, what would happen on Friday of that week. He was telling what would happen to him. That the sun will go black. That there will be, the, the earth will shake. He told what the world would do. But he said, when these things take place, straighten up, raise your heads, because your redemption is near. On that time, on that first Good Friday, when those horrible things were happening, that was their redemption right in front of their eyes, as horrible and ugly as it was, was their salvation. And it is our salvation. 
the season of Advent, as the world is getting dark and cold, even though, you know, and this is something that was wonderfully intentional in the history of the church, because the church started largely in Europe, in the northern hemisphere, where this time of the year, it is dark pretty early. The days are growing short. And so the world itself, you see everything turning black as a reminder of the world itself, what is happening. But we are looking forward in this darkness, knowing that no matter how dark the world gets, straighten up, raise your heads, your redemption is drawing near. What Christ accomplished on the cross. That was the ugliest moment in the history of the world. The only person who you could ask the question, why do bad things happen to good people? He's the only one who is actually good. And yet, he endured incredible tribulation. And yet, He rose from the dead. We face tribulation. We face these trials. But the promise is that we have been redeemed. Beginning of the waters of baptism, we were claimed to be God's child. So no matter how bad it gets, straighten up, raise your heads. Your redemption is drawing near. And Jesus says in verse 33, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. That's why we live in His Scriptures. That's how we ready ourselves for His return, for His coming. We spend time in God's Word, remembering it, because that Word will never pass away. It is always true. Notice that hymn that we just sang, the first verse. Lo, He comes with clouds descending, once for every sinner slain. Thousand, thousand saints attending swelled the triumph of his train. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Christ the Lord returns to reign. If you paid attention to those words, paid attention to that hymn, which I know it's a challenging one to sing. It's kind of one of the downsides to it, but still powerful words. This mighty, glorious king It's not like he's coming. And it's not like, you know, you hear that maybe the president is going through town and you're hoping to gaze through the, you know, sun-tinted, you know, the the tinted windows. Oh, I can kind of see him. It's not like that. When our king comes, when he returns, this glorious king returns, he returns for you. You're like Zacchaeus who climbed up in the tree just hoping to get a glimpse of Jesus. But in reality, he comes for you. Raise up your heads. Straighten up. 
in the midst of darkness and trial, your redemption is near. Your redemption is here in his word, in the Lord's Supper. And it will all come to an end. There will be joy, celebration, no tear, no hunger, no sickness, no death. And all the faces we have said goodbye to, we'll celebrate with them in eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keep you in the one true faith to life everlasting. Amen. Please stand. We sing the offertory. Amen.